Hey friends, Brad and I started Batship because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you. This episode's topic, bipolar and relationships. <laughs> you guys weren't here two seconds ago, but Brad was. I was like, hey, Brad, do you remember what the topic is tonight? And he's like, yeah, this. And I'm like, ah, crap. Uh, <laughs> Because this is the most fun oh, yeah, part great. of bipolar. It's like, yeah, what, what do you want to talk about? The women who have left me or the friends I have left? Like, we can talk about yeah. all or both, man. It's, you, um, you know what I actually think we should start with? Because this is a lot to pack in in 30 minutes. Mm. Uh, we should probably start with our wives. Oh! <laughs> Sip. <laughs> what are we drinking today? Oh, this is uh, Mac 15. Mac 15. It's pretty, good. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's not, like McCallum's not usually one of my go-tos, but... um. Anything I can do to put off talking about my marriage. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I've uh, I've been with my now wife for more than 10 years. Uh, we just got married in January, so it's a relatively new thing. You were there. Beautiful ceremony. Thank you very much. I, took, actually, I took a knee. You did. <laughs> Literally one of the first shots in the wedding uh, uh, book is Brad just taking a knee. <laughs> and my wife's like, why is... Brad, I'm like, I don't know. It was funny though. <laughs> I got there right as the ceremony was starting. Oh, really? I was like, I was like, I don't want to do that awkward thing where I shuffle and find a chair. And like, I was like, I'll just, I'll just take a knee back. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my wife is actually the reason that I have been diagnosed, that I've been going to therapy, that I'm on any form of medication. It's all because of my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to my wife, I was just in a constant revolving door of relationships and i think and you know i'm speaking with hindsight now but i think what would happen is manic adam would attract another human being and then my partner she would be like oh this guy's great he's awesome and that relationship would last about nine months because in that period of time my stamina for keeping up manic adam with this woman would slowly degrade to the point where I could do nothing but show her who I was in a depressed state. And that depressed state is so deep for me. It is so dark that I, you know, I can't blame uh, anyone I dated who was like, I'm not <laughs> dating this uh, cave troll. Uh, let's uh, end this right now. Yeah. Uh, now, how long have you been with Shannon? We've been together 22 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, 21. Wow, really? One year? Because uh, we realized the other night as we were discussing it, uh, I proposed to her in a manic state. (laughs) 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 So so I met her. I was in an improv comedy group in Knoxville, Tennessee. She was in one in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Both of our groups went to the Memphis Comedy Festival. Okay. And uh, I, I saw her across the room while all the we were doing some kind of workshop or something. And it was just one of those things. Like, sure. I've, I've, I never believed in love at first sight, but that was only because I'd never seen her before. Aw, he's a writer, you're, you're everybody. Like he's a writer. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, so we, uh, you know, we we instantly connected, and I started driving down on the weekends to see her, and then my car broke down, and uh, I didn't have enough money to fix it, <laughs> and the bar that I was bartending at in Knoxville, the owner also owned a bar in Birmingham, Alabama, and so I called him up. I was like, hey, can I get some shifts at the bar so I can make some money to fix my car? And he was like, yeah. So I started working there, and then like a couple months went by, and I was like, I think I live here now. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Smooth transition, just yeah. like really uh, gentle. Yeah. So it, uh, we'd been together like just three or four months, and uh, and I proposed to her. And not wow. only not only was that mannequin and of itself, but the way I did it. And I feel really bad about this because I I hadn't thought about this until we talked about it the other night. Mm. And she was like, "You never gave me a good proposal." Oh, because she was getting ready. She was hosting a party, and she was getting ready for the party. And I just kind of followed her around, and then was finally like. Here, <laughs> you want to you want to get married? You want to like marry me or something? <laughs> and she was like, ah! <laughs> and you know the, the party started. And she's showing everybody the ring, and she has like little tiny fingers, so the ring just was kept like sliding off of them. Right. Um, and then we got married the next year, and um, and it's been all downhill since. No. Um, and over the course of our marriage, I we've we've talked about this a lot since I've gotten diagnosed. I would have a lot of ups and downs and until recently my mania wasn't the big problem. It was my depression. Mm -hmm. And there were uh, a couple of times over the course of our marriage where we came really close to splitting up um, because of these depressed states. Yeah. And for those of you who've never experienced something like this, when we talk about depression, I think the, the kind of um, misconception about it is just that, like, oh, you're sad. Yeah, no, that's not what it is. No, that's you... not what it is. I wish it was just sad. Oh, yeah. Because if no. you're just sad, you can do something to make yourself feel better. You can yeah. take steps to try and lift yourself out of the, the the sadness. But I feel like with depression, all you can do is try and keep back the tide. Yeah, like you're never going to. <laughs> You're never going to actually make any serious progress. You're just going to keep it from overwhelming you. Yeah. You lose all motivation yep. to do anything. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like it's worth it to even try to do anything. Nope. Because why? Nothing's ever going to change. This moment that you're in is going to last forever. Right. You feel worthless. You feel unlovable. You feel that nothing that you attempt to accomplish is ever going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Like this moment that you're at is as good as it's going to get, and this moment is awful. Right, and then your romantic <laughs> partner, you know, you're sitting across from them, and you're like, why should I even put any effort into this? Right. Because this is just going to end. She is too good for me. She knows that she's too good for me. She knows that I'm a sack of shit. She knows yeah. I'm not really worth even spending. She's going to figure that out any second now and walk right out the door. So why even bother? I feel like the best relationships that I've ever had, I started in a period of euthymia. Okay. Uh, euthymia is <clears throat> when you're just normal you. Yep. You know, um, when I would date a lot, I was manic. Yep. One thing that comes with mania uh, is hypersexuality. Uh, so that's fun. Mm. Um, <laughs> it can be. It can be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah it's that's not true. that it's not. That's it's true. not that it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on your situation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the environment uh, you're in. Yeah. yeah. Look at all these... Uh, <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful uh, cacti that I find myself surrounded by. <laughs> so phallic in nature. So with Shannon, we get into these periods where I was just depressed. I would sleep all day. Yeah. I'd stay up all night just on the couch, like playing video games, eating Taco Bell. I'd usually gain weight. My hair would fall out. 
because I had no nutrients. It's just like, oh, crunch wrap. <laughs> I put vitamins in this, no, right? Lettuce, lettuce is a vitamin. I <laughs> yeah. think lettuce is a vitamin. I think it's a chock full of vitamin D and shit. Give me some nacho <laughs> sauce. Uh, um, so we'd had a period where years and years ago, before the kids were born, um, where we almost split up. I moved into another room. Um, <clears throat> I was working nights, and we almost never saw each other. And Shannon was really social. And one of the things that happens when you're in a dep- uh, depressive state, you don't want to see anyone. Nope. You don't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. You want to live in a cave by yourself. Yep. You're a her- you're the guy at the end of the last crusade just hoping Indy doesn't show up because you really don't want to talk about this fucking cup. And you can't pick up that <laughs> sword, so what yeah. are you going to do? Um, we uh, we got in a period. She, she was very social. She liked to go out. And I would get angry. At the idea, like if she made plans, mm-hmm. like the idea of just being social. Sure. I was such an asshole about it. And I remember one time in, in particular that still just, I feel so horrible about today. She threw a surprise birthday party for me and I got angry at her about it. Yeah. And I was just such a prick. And it's because I was in this depressed state. Right. And so the idea of having to muster the energy to talk to another human being. Yeah. Uh, was, was just torture. I think that's, that's a, that's a way of putting, and that's a great way of putting it, right? It's like anything that is a social effort, it, 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 you're mustering up the energy to do this, right? You're like, yeah. I am, I am going to give everything I can just to be at zero. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to do yeah. everything I can just to be level. Yeah, the effort it takes. Yeah, just to be at zero. Yeah, I, I, I went and uh, you know started thing, seeing a therapist recently about two months now, and <laughs> when he first. Uh, started seeing me, he was asking me, like, so talk to me about your relationships. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be honest, if, you know, if, if Mandy left me, that would suck and my world would fall apart. Anyone of my friends were to leave, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. And he goes, you know, that's what sociopaths say, right? <laughs> and I'm like, huh, maybe I no." But the truth is, it's like it, there's such a disconnect for me. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, but like I have some people I've known for two dozen years, and if they didn't call me anymore, okay. And it's it <coughs> it, it, it is nothing to do with who they are. There's nothing to do with our relationship. Yeah, it strictly has to do with this this feeling of like it's all gonna fade anyway. Yeah, it's just all gonna like none of this was meant to last to begin with. So why bother? Like because of that depression just constantly lurking. Yes, yeah, it's always yeah. there. It's like okay, this is gonna fall apart. I'm sure at some point because I've been through this cycle enough, I'm gonna reach a point where I can make a new connection or establish a new relationship, and yeah. then that'll just pick up where this other one left off. And there's a lot to be said about um, recognizing that and trying to fight against it. But at the back of my mind, I'm still just like, huh. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's like, this is awful to say, but like, prior to my wedding, we hadn't talked for like, what, a year and a half? Yeah. Like a year and a half. I mean, COVID threw a wrench. Well, of course, yeah, but... COVID effed everything up. But like, prior to that, we worked together five days a week. We're not talking about the disease, by the way, but Frank COVID. Yeah, Frank just this asshole. Son of a bitch. We... <laughs> Swear to God. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, no, we worked together five days a week. Yeah. Right? Plus, we would game on the weekends. Mm-hmm. We saw each other all the damn time. Yeah. And then, like, especially with COVID hitting, I didn't talk to anybody. If it wasn't for, like, my buddy Jared, mm-hmm. like, because I love Jared, 
uh, he was my best man at my wedding. Because what Jared will do is Jared's like, I'm coming over. We're going to hang out. And I'm like, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I'm already on my way, and I got Korean barbecue. And I'm like, I guess I'm hanging out with Jared tonight. <laughs> and it's it's funny because I, prior to this uh, this recording, he had texted me. He's like, what are we doing tomorrow night? We're going to get a glass of wine and some tapas. And I was like, <laughs> oh, ah. And it's not that I don't want to go, Jared, because I do want to go. Yeah. It's that that effort just sounds so fucking daunting. Yeah. The, the effort of making conversation. Oh, man. Like sometimes when you're manic, you're on fire. You mm-hmm. can talk to any – you can talk to a complete stranger for two hours. Doesn't matter. Yep. When you're depressed, you don't want to talk to your spouse. You don't want to talk to your closest loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even want to think. Right. You know, I, I'd written a line – I think it was in Life on the 64 bus where um, uh, something like um, uh, I don't even want to dream because dreaming means thinking. It means being. And I don't want that. I like that. That's really good. That's um, really good. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, to me, that sums up that state. Yeah. Very uh, much very so. Well. It, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's a trip, too, because like taking it from like an acting point of view, right? It's all about developing relationships, like establishing a relationship with the person on, you know, that you're in the scene with, right? And whether that be acting with someone or coaching someone in an audition, because I work with my, my wife all the time because she's also an actress. And... <clears throat> Having the empathy to connect with that person and having the the patience to connect with that person while you're in a depressive state is so fucking hard. Yeah. And because we're trying to do this as a business, we don't get the option to choose when an audition lands in our lap mm-hmm. or when you have a, a, a mixer or an agency meeting or a pitch that you have to go to. We don't get that option. Yeah. So instead, we have to find a way... And it's honestly easier to go manic than it is to try and fight your way back up to normal. Yeah. Like, it, it's easier for me to start, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not instigating, but like <clears throat> starting to try to trigger myself to get into a manic state. Yeah. As opposed to trying to get back to a solid state of normal. Yeah, when I was on, um, uh, so during COVID, uh, one of the things that happened, I got up to like 320 pounds by not sleeping, playing video games all night, and eating Taco Bell. Man, I love Taco Bell. Oh, my God. See, I'm a Del Taco guy. I'm a Del, Del Taco's good, too. I see, and yeah, yeah, my, my yeah. wife's like, uh, Taco Bell. I'm like, I will drive 20 extra minutes to go to Del Taco <laughs> and not your Taco Bell. Um, but uh, so one of the things that I, I started using all sorts of stuff to, to get basically chemical motivation mm-hmm. to work out and shit again. And one of the things I started doing was an ECA stack. Okay. It's uh, Fedra, aspirin, and caffeine. And, you know, the, the ephedra you have to buy is like bronchate or something. Yeah, yeah, They yeah, used yeah, to sell yeah. these as a weight loss thing. Yeah. And then there was some dipshit at like a spring training camp for one of the baseball teams who took like 10 times the normal dose, was dehydrated, training in 110 degree heat, had a heart attack. And they're like, oh, we got to ban it. Yep. Um, but it, it was one of the most effective weight loss things out on the market. So I was like, okay, I'm going to use that. Well, what that would do, I now know, is it would push me into a manic state. Mm-hmm. And I was using this every day. Yep. But what I would do is if I had to have a pitch meeting or something, I would take a dose right before I went to the pitch meeting. Because to me at the time, I didn't know I was bipolar yet. I was like, oh, this wakes me up. It makes yep. me social. Like it knocks down those barriers. And that's not what it was doing. It was pushing me into a manic state. You know, I've talked a lot about how basically everything I did last year, I unknowingly was constantly putting myself in a manic state. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the other really messed up thing that if, if you don't have um bipolar or you're not depressed you may not understand 
we can cause a manic or depressive state, we can actively do that if we yeah. want to. We can do it chemically. Yep. We can do it by our, our actions. Yeah, especially if you know yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? And and something I will say uh, as a creative is that we tend to be generally, and this is a very general broad statement that's going to make me sound pompous, and I know that. We're generally a little more in touch with who we are physically and mentally. Like we're cognitively aware, we're intuitive, yeah. we're empathetic. So we can be like, oh, you know what I need to do to tweak myself this last 20%? I just need to do this. Yeah. You know, I just need uh, to take that extra shot of caffeine. I just need to have those two more drinks and I'll be where yeah. I need to be so I can hit that uh, uh, state that I need to hit and then repercussions be damned because yeah. the repercussions don't matter. And for some people, that that can be really hardcore shit. You know, Stephen Fry has a great documentary. It's available on YouTube. It's called The Life of a Manic Depressive. Oh, I am seeing And he talks about uh, how he used Coke and alcohol mm -hmm. uh, to manage his bipolar. So if he was depressed, it was Coke to get him up. And then once he was up, it was alcohol to get him down. Yep. And then that led to him trying to kill himself. Yeah, so there um, you go. Yeah. Uh, happy but, thoughts. Yeah, happy thoughts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, it's it's funny because like that's the I can use a a social situation to hype up my manic state. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm, I sit there and I know I am going into a situation where I have to be social. I have yeah. to turn it on. I have to, and that may not be for like any sort of gain it could just be because like i have put that pressure on myself right to to step up into whatever situation yeah. i will start drinking heavily because that is how i counter that manic state right the booze the booze and i will drink all night to the point where like then i am useless the next day yeah. and it's because that is the only way i have figured out at that point to, to counter that mania that I have induced in myself. And you know what's crazy? <clears throat> when you're in a manic state mm -hmm. and you drink to the point where you should be shit-faced, you don't even see you're your not. drunk at all. You're not. Yeah. It's it's fucking insane. It's, yeah, it's I, so weird I, how the body works. I've had you. friends be like, <laughs> how much have you had to drink? Yeah. Because you're, you seem level. Yeah. Level. And, and, and like at the time when I was younger, I was like, dude, I just got a crazy high tolerance. And my, you know, in reality, my yeah. body was like, Nope, this is just, now you're balanced. Chemically, yeah. now you're balanced. Yeah, I remember being on the phone with a friend, and, like, I drank, like, a bottle of whiskey. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was nothing. And, like, I'd said something about it, and she was like, I can't even tell you've been drinking. Yeah. You know? She probably thought I was full of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and to be fair, I was full of shit a lot. I mean, we're then. usually pretty full <laughs> of shit. But, um, you know, it's a similar thing with the sleep. Yeah. When you're manic, you can go all week without sleeping, and you're fine. Right. Not only... Yeah. Uh, so last year I would have those periods and not only would I go all week not sleeping and was okay with it, I'd go to the gym twice a day. Right. I'm in my forties. I shouldn't be working out like a high school football player. You really should. Like that should have been a, <laughs> yeah, that should have been a red flag for me, yeah. but I was fine. No, see, I felt like Superman. Right. And, and, yeah? and, and tying this back into like the relationships <laughs> that we have with people. If you don't go through this, everyone looks at us like we're insane. We, oh, we yeah. look insane i mean we are i mean we are insane. that's true <laughs> accurate accurate yeah, same yeah, yeah. but like you sit there and like how do you explain that to someone how do you explain that to someone like hey jared dude i'm just gonna hit the gym twice today before work and then uh after work and then uh i gotta hit my supplements up all while by the way i gotta put my two kids to bed and jared's like Whoa. and then let's go out and those, yeah and then we're yeah. gonna hit hit the town and you're just yeah. like what are you talking yeah. about that doesn't make any sense or you try to explain to your wife 
It's just like, hey, uh, look, babe, uh, I had a really uh, rough Friday, so I'm just going to stay in bed for the next four days. Um, If you could just keep the lights off, uh, that'd be awesome. I'm going to read. So it's going to look like I want you to come and interrupt me. I don't. (laughs) Please stay outside of the room. Like, none of that makes sense. Mm-mm. And it's impossible to truly convey to someone. And, and you know, one of the things that intimidated me the most about this topic is I have someone I love in my life. I have many people I love in my life, but Mandy specifically, my wife. Yeah. I want her to understand that what I'm doing is not meant to hurt her. I'm not mm-hmm. doing things to to upset her. I'm not trying to... I am not trying to remove myself from our marriage. Right. I am not. I I am not trying to get to a point where I've locked myself in the room for a week and I don't want you to talk to me. I'm not trying to get to such a manic place that I can't even talk to you at a party because I got to talk to these 15 other people all at the same time. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm like this. I mean, I do. I'm bipolar. I don't fully understand other ways of dealing with it. Yeah. And that's the fucked up thing about it mm-hmm. is the the results of it mm-hmm. are you're hurting a person. Yep. And it seems intentional. Right. And or you're you're lying to a person, you're manipulating a person. You're, yeah. You're being rude. Like you said, you you go to a party or or you know, you're you're with a woman you're seeing and you're like flirting with someone in front of her. Right. You know, all this shit. But you have no control over that. Yeah. And that's the hard thing to to get across. And, and it's not that I don't want to take responsibility. That's for just what it, I did. right? Like you do, yeah, you take that. responsibility. You know, because you can sit there and be like, "Is it our fault?" I suppose it is. But what is the option? The other option is to remove yourself from that situation entirely, yeah. right? And if you remove yourself from that situation entirely, now what you're doing is you're going in the other direction. Like, you can't turn to your wife in the middle of the party and be like, hey, babe, we got to leave because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to flirt with that girl, that girl, that girl. I'm going to like do shots with that dude. She's going to be like, why would you do that? And like, I don't want to do that. That, But that's just what's going to happen. That's just what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I can see it coming and I want, and I want to stop it. And being more aware of bipolar and your various manic and depressive states Mm -hmm. helps you to see it coming. Yeah. But not to stop it. Yeah. And that's what's infuriating because my solution, therefore, is great. I'm just going to remove myself from everything. Yeah. I'm just going to go lock myself in a room. And how toxic is that? Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's, it's infuriating because even though Mandy, and I'm sure Shannon, even though they know we're bipolar, even though they know we're on medication and we're working towards it, they will see our actions and not fully be able to grasp what the the reason we're doing these things. And even if they understand it, they can't comprehend it. I know those two words are very similar, <laughs> but but you, you get you know. Well, you know, I mean. actually, for Shannon, my diagnosis. I mean, we were we were really close to splitting up. Like coming mm. out of COVID, you know, we've talked about it a lot. Um, I was in such a depressed state. Um when I gained all that weight and everything. And of course, at the time I took it as, you know, she didn't want to have anything to do with me because I gained weight. You're my wife. Why don't you just want to be with me? I'm ugly and fat. Why don't you want to have sex with me? Even though I'm in my room all the time by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't showered in four days. (laughs) Come in here. I only weigh as much as a small horse. (laughs) Let's make love. (laughs) 
Why don't you see me as I used to be? I'm in here somewhere. Is it, is it that's comfortable for you? Um, you fucking, you've changed, babe. You fucking changed. You've changed. <laughs> don't you love me? Hold on, let me get my CPAP. <laughs> no, I won't wear anything but my velour running suit. I'm comfortable in this thing. God damn it. Thanks for listening. Help us continue the conversation. Leave us a comment with your thoughts, experiences, or questions about mental health. Every opinion and viewpoint is valid. Just don't be a dick. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, so we had all that going on. But uh, she also, she really resented me. No. Because I was sleeping so late in the day that I wasn't getting up and helping with the kids oh, and dude, getting I them off to imagine. school. Sure. Yeah. I, I couldn't have the motivation or the energy to help out around the house at all. Um, you know, and that's something that we've always been great at is like, you know, you see a lot of couples and they have these kind of power struggles. Like one person's the breadwinner and kind of runs things and like, or the other person's a dominant personality, et cetera. I, we've always prided ourselves like we are 50 50. We completely respect one another. We, we, you know, split the chores. Like, like everything is just 50 50. Good for you guys. And when I would go into these depressed states, it wasn't that anymore. Sure. Um, and so she really resented me and I was picking up on that resentment and not understanding it. Right. And so I was like, well, that's it. We're done, you know? Um, and so, you know, that was kind of a tough time. And then I came out of it into full blown mania. Right. Um, and then that put a different kind of strain on things. But then when I was diagnosed, um, she's been so wonderful um, about everything since I've gotten diagnosed. And I, I asked her, I was like, I was like, aren't, you know, does any of this, like, you're allowed to be like angry. You're allowed to be hurt at, at all the weirdness here. Um, and she was like, it's a relief to know what it is because when, for instance, when I was in these depressed states and she would think she didn't love me anymore and, um, you know, there was all this strain on her marriage, she felt horrible about that because she thought it was her. Right. And she thought maybe she was going nuts. Right. And, you know, there was just all this pressure on her. And so my getting diagnosed, it was just like <sighs> – Oh, thank God. Right. Well, because it's like it explained everything. There's a huge sigh of relief. And now, you know, we're, we're partners in that too. You know, she, she tells me, Hey, you're starting to seem a little manic today. Right. You know, why don't you back off? <laughs> you know, yeah. Manny's started calling me out, uh, especially on the manic states, not mm -hmm. so much on the depressive states, but yeah. definitely in the manic states. But I, mean, I, I can't even imagine being on her side of it. Right. Yeah. Because you sit there and you're like, okay, so there's my husband. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want to look at me. He doesn't want to be with anyone at all. He wants to just isolate in a room. It's either that or he wants to talk to everyone but me, be with everyone but me, yeah. and and experience life with everyone but me. And it's like, wh how, why am I even here? Yeah. Why am I even here? And now that it's labeled, now that Mandy knows that I'm bipolar and that I have these idiosyncrasies and I have these symptoms, so to speak, um, these tendencies that doesn't make it any easier that that's what i will give both your wife and my wife credit for is the fact that nothing that we do makes even knowing doesn't make it easier it yeah. justifies it. it it allows you to quantify it yeah but it doesn't make it any easier to deal with 
and gives you tools. Sure, sure, to it gives you it. tools. But yeah. it's still, yeah, it's still not not an easy thing. And you know, we've talked a lot about the shame that comes after mania. Yeah, and you know, just telling my wife. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into like our, our personal stuff, but just just to clarify, like I'm talking about stuff that I feel bad about. It wasn't like. You know, I, I didn't like kill a homeless person or something. Again, again, again. I mean, there was just that one time. <laughs> that one, but Adam, <laughs> that guy. Oh, he had it coming, bro. He had it coming. Believe me, I wouldn't have driven to the desert yeah. with you if he hadn't had it coming. But it feels so. Um, you know, like if 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 you were to say everything you did while you were manic, it it sounds stupid. It sounds awful and stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not even just like we talk about it about it really being bad. But like like if I was writing it. And I wanted this motivation for like a character or whatever. I'd be like, this shit is stupid. Yep. Nobody's going to believe this. Why would she do this? Right. But that's one of the reasons you feel such shame. Right. Because it's like, it's not just that you were acting out of character. You were acting out of character in a really dumb way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember telling her, you know, I, I told her everything that happened last year. All the stuff I was like, you know, trying to keep to myself and like everything that I felt ashamed of. And the shame was so strong I put my head in her lap and I covered my face with a pillow because I, I couldn't bear for her to look at me. I couldn't bear for her to see my face. Yeah. You know, um, because I was so out of character with this stuff. And she just ran her fingers through my hair and just listened. And, um, you know, it's just. Man, I we are extremely lucky that we have found the women we have found. Yeah. Um, and, and I think back because bipolar is not an, an old thing. It is, it is not something that our parents' generation ever acknowledged, but it's obviously been rampant in the world. Oh, forever. Forever. And yet you sit there and you go, how the fuck did marriages stay together? How do relationships last? I mean, maybe they didn't. That's one thing I've, I've thought about is you think about how many divorces occur every year. How many of those people are undiagnosed with something? Maybe. And that's kind of sad to think about. Or it's just like if you just went on a pill <clears throat> and got therapy – Maybe your family would be together. Maybe. I mean, you also think about the fact that, like, and this is not a dig on religion, but, like, you know, religion's like, well, you know what? If you, you know, you committed to this, you committed to this, like, just work through it. This is who this person is. You know, this is the 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 trial, the tribulation that you're just going to go through as a husband and wife. Yeah. You know, and this is the person that you have accepted into your life. So you've never lived with them before this uh, relationship. You've never seen them in their ups and their downs. So a true devoted partner is just going to... Muscle their way through this whole thing and have yeah. a miserable life together. Um, but yeah, you know, I think on that all the time because if it, at least Mandy and Shannon have a name to put with it. Yeah. They at least have a, a diagnosis. Yeah. If you had no clue, it would just be like, this isn't the person I married. Yeah. Why? why? They're either a raging asshole or, or they just go and they like sit in a room by themselves all day. What are they doing? Are they just in there like watching mm-hmm. Red Tube? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Which is not that we're not. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. we are watching, but we're watching it sadly. <laughs> yeah, we're sadly doing it. We're like, uh, <laughs> look at this, this gangbang. Uh. <laughs> oh, the tears aren't great lubricant. Uh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yep, we're going there, there folks. There it is. Hey, welcome to episode four. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the kid gloves are off. <laughs> No, I mean, you know Join what? us next episode for kinky sex <laughs> while by bull. That is not the topic. That's not the topic. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, but but the, the same goes with friends. I mean, I'm going to say that with like our, you know, friendship. Yeah. Right? Because you're talking about like 
people with D&D, D&D is a great example. So Brad and I are avid gamers. You know what I mean? Whether it be Dungeons and Dragons, Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf, I, it doesn't matter. Like, we love it all. Call of Cthulhu. What, what's awesome about that experience is you get to be another person mm-hmm. while you're having a social interaction with the people that you're friends with. Yeah. Right? So, like, I get to go hang Which out. Which is kind of what bipolar is. It is. <laughs> it really is. You walk into a room with four or five this people. Is, this is me pouring more scotch. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you get to walk into a room with four or five people that you've known for a very long time in a variety of different, you know, uh, stages of their lives. And you get to become someone that doesn't know those people to that degree with that intimacy. Yeah. And interact with them in any way you see fit. And, you know, I had never thought about it until you put it that way, but it is a lot like bipolar, isn't it? It's like you get the opportunity to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not Adam. I'm a I'm a fop from the 17th century, you know, who yeah. talks like this and walks around and like, which is exactly how Adam is when he's manic. Yeah, yeah. it's a he's, very he's foppish. A 17th century fop. I have a lot of cravats. Um, <laughs> but it, step into my carriage. Come on in. <laughs> but it's it. But like so, having a real relationship with real friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like men, men don't talk to their friends. They do not talk to their friends. They coexist in the same space with their friends. They will go through life together without ever discussing what it is they're going through. Yeah. They'll support each other by being there for them in a physical sense. Yeah, and there's a certain kind of comfort in that. Yes. Amongst being with men is it's like, I don't have to talk. We can just like turn our brains off. Yep, we're just going to whatever, whatever. Play video games, yeah. watch this, watch the yeah, game. Like, like Bill Burr talks about that when he's like, he's like, you know, the male brain is just so simple. Like we just sit there with NFL on and we're like, oh, hold it, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> and that pleases us. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the same time, like there's, there's that lack of empathy right there's that lack of true connection usually between men and then when you get into a depressive state or you get into a manic state and that relationship changes like we as men can brush that off i think a lot easier than our romantic partners can right because like oh man brad just went fucking nuts the other night at that party whatever man or, dude, Brad must, you know, he's fucking, I don't know, he's being weird, whatever, I'll see him in yeah. a month. Yeah. Which is bad, because what it does is it allows us to live in that crapulence. It allows us to yeah. be like, great, I can be in a depressive state, or I can be in a manic state, my friends will never call me to task, and they'll never help me identify these issues I'm dealing with, because as men who don't talk about their emotions and don't talk about their problems, you know, they'll never call me out. Yeah. And then, I don't know about you, but before I was diagnosed, I would, as a result of that, end up trauma dumping on my female friends. Oh, yes. So it would just be like, I, I feel comfortable enough with you to be totally sad and yep. talk to you about all this sad shit. And that's fine every once in a while. Sure. But if you hang out like four times and three of those times you're doing it, eventually they're going to be like, what happened to the fucking fun guy yeah, that I became we- friends with? <laughs> Hey, do you, do you want to go see a movie or something? No, no, no. no I want to talk to you. I saw this Hallmark commercial, <laughs> and it really got to me, and I just want to talk to you about it. Didn't you just come from hanging out with Adam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we were he was a 17th century flop, and I was a Viking, and we couldn't talk about it, so I'm talking about it with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then you get so much other crap like tied into that. I had a friend years and years and years ago. Um, this is the closest experience I've had to um 
the, I guess, female to male equivalent of, like, men only hanging out with chicks because they want to sleep with them or something. Okay. This is, like, this is the closest I I ever came to, like, having my – I was used for just my body. Oh, right. So I I had this friend, and um, she she constantly would ask me to help her move. Um, She broke up with a boyfriend. She wanted me to go kind of be muscle while she went to, like, pick up her stuff. Yeah, been that guy a couple of times. Yeah, and so then I had this one night. I thought we were really close friends. And um, my uh, my wife was out of town or something. I don't remember. And I don't remember why, but, like, I'd, I'd gotten into all this crap about, like, uh, you know, I mentioned before my mother died. It's like complications with my birth. And that's obviously – if I was if I was going to be a fictional character, that is my core wound. <laughs> um, <laughs> for you, uh, you screenwriting nerds out Gross. there. Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so like for whatever reason, like like I was thinking about some stuff that night. I think somebody had said this to me. They were they were like they were like, "Did your mother even ever get to hold you?" And I was like, "God, I don't know." And I sat around thinking about that all night. It really got to me, like just that question mark. Right. I don't know. And so I called this friend, and I was like, "Hey, can I talk to you about this?" And I started talking for a couple of minutes, and she cut me off, and she's like, "Um, "I'm not comfortable with this." And that basically, I forget how she phrased it, but basically, it was toxic masculinity. Like, huh. um, you know, and I say that, let's clarify, a lot of people think toxic masculinity means all masculinity. Toxic no, masculinity no. means that men can't hurt. Right. Men can't, you know, experience emotions other than anger. Sure. Which is our only socially accepted form of emotion. Yep. It's like, I'm hurt, you know, I, I, I'm not allowed to, like, be hurt, so I have to be mad and, like, throw something across. Right, I gotta punch, I gotta punch the wall. Yeah, I gotta put my fist through a door. Because that's the only way I'm allowed to express emotions. Right. And that was basically what she told me is like, like, I'm not comfortable with a man being vulnerable to me, so I can't talk to you anymore. The, the, and so I was, that was another one of those where I was like, all right, I guess we're not friends anymore. The, the, num- <laughs> the number of women that I've had these relationships with that I thought were, were that, were just these deep emotional connections. And they would either get insulted because I was not trying to pursue them physically or they were uncomfortable because they didn't know what it was that I was doing just because the male female female dynamic when it comes to relationships is so, so weird tw- so twisted right yeah. it's like well and and from a woman's point of view oh god I can't even no, yeah just, yeah I mean, how, no, no, how no. many quote male friends Dude. unquote have they had throughout their life who were really just trying to get in their pants oh god I mean oh yeah. uh, fuck man I, I do not I would never want to be a woman I would never want to be a woman uh you're better than we are um, but no, it, but that's just it, right? Like you sit there and it, if you think the best way to connect with a person is to open up, right? And like really let it out. And you yeah. find a, a, usually a woman that you can do this with that if that's not your wife or that's not a woman you're trying to sleep with, they're going to get super fucking uncomfortable Yeah, because that's how they know how to process a man doing that. Yeah. And I and, and I, sometimes if you are sleeping with them, they're going to get super also uncomfortable. That, also that, right? <laughs> because they're like... Because, is- well, it's, it is. It's just a foreign thing. Like, we, we're in this kind of weird period socially where there's still all this uh, kind of, you know, toxic masculinity. Yep. But at the same time, we're being told, like, you know, men should open up more. Men should express their emotions. We as women want to hear that. God, it's like, yeah. oh, you want to hear that? Great, because I got a lot of stuff I need to get off my chest. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't mean I wanted to hear it from you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, but, but, that, but that's but that's hard, right? Because, like, I think we are in a really interesting p- time right now because yeah. so much is happening when it comes to 
uh, gender norms are changing and just gender identities are changing yeah. and like relationships and dynamics. All of it's like kind of gone out the window, right? Yeah. But you're looking at guys our age and older, right? And you're asking people like that and women 40s and older to make that shift along yeah. with them. And that's hard. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't you shouldn't make the shift. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to make the shift. But I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about this. I'm like, I feel really bad for people in their 70s who are all of a sudden at this point in their life when a man can just break down and tell them how they're really feeling and cry because they're not accustomed to that. Yeah, They're not accustomed to that. And they're like, well, fuck them if they can't take it. I'm like, it's not about that. Yeah. It's not about not being able to take it. It's about... Knowing how to deal with knowing it. Knowing how to deal with it. Yes. yes. I, th I think that's one of the things is, um, you know, the, the, the resistance I got from that friend, mm -hmm. for instance, I was talking about, had a lot of um, men who were men, male friends who were more on the feminine side. Okay. Right? Um, and I'm sorry. That's just the best way I can think of to phrase no, it. No, I think that's fine. But, you know, more, more toward Timothy Chalamet. Sure. Than Sam Elliott. Who's a lovely, lovely yeah. man. Yeah. I like Timothy Chalamet. Um, but I think it's easier to take from someone like Timothy Chalamet them opening up and expressing their emotions. Agreed. Where if there's someone that you're looking at, you know, again, like in my case, I was like, you know, I was like, uh, Ugh, come move the furniture. Yeah. Where, where you want Ugh to take couch, <laughs> you know? Uh, where you want Ugh to take yeah, couch. Yeah, you know, I was like, like the function, I guess, for in her life as a friend that I filled was this hyper masculine function. But that's the other part of it. So right? for me to break down, it's like, whoa, 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 the it, disconnect. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah. You have a function and you're able to easily, you know, uh, uh, um, um, fulfill that function. Why would you even try and dance in this other yeah. direction? Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, I have another side. And I understand that it's not <laughs> socially acceptable to, like, where are you going? It's <laughs> just like, oh, wait, yeah. come back. No, I don't. <laughs> and I'm not done talking. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a bad thing. I mean, across the board, but especially with mental illness, mm -hmm. is the more comfortable you are with the person, the more you tend to trauma dump on them. Yeah. The more you tend to let them see your manic side. Yep. The more you tend to let them see your depressive side. And it's it's the irony of it. It's like, yeah. I'm comfortable with you. You're important to me. You know, I, I, I love you as a friend. Right. And so, therefore, here's all my horrible worst oh, shit yeah. that's going to make you run for the hills. <laughs> yeah. and, you know? and it's, it's <laughs> terrible, too, because, like, again, going back to our wives, like, great, you're the closest person in my life. I'm going to tell you all of this shit that's been building yeah. up for decades. And they have to they have to take it. Yeah. They just have to take it. And that's – and I, they don't have to take it. They could fucking not take it. But because yeah. they're the amazing women that we married, they do take it. And, yeah. I, and then – you feel shame for having dumped yeah. on them. And you're like, why did I just tell Mandy all of my feelings? And then oh, I'm such an asshole. Yeah. I'm constantly saying that to Shannon. When I when I have, you know, I'll have these nights usually following therapy. Yep. Luckily, this was following therapy today. <laughs> so I got to come straight here and blah on all of you listening. <laughs> Scotch, uh, Scotch, Scotch. Scotch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll occasionally have these nights where we just, like, she sits on the couch. I lay down. I put my head in her lap. And I'm like. Let me talk to you about all this crap that came up in therapy. And then, yeah, I feel bad. I'm like, I'm sorry I dump all this yeah. for you. You know? But it it is you you need someone to talk about or talk to about these things. It's like you said, why why we're doing this podcast. We needed another avenue outside of therapy. Yeah. Um, because the therapeutic process works wonders. Talking about these problems works wonders. And what works even better in the course of this 
is if I go and I talk to my wife or I talk to my therapist, it's a serious sad sack conversation. <laughs> you and I get together with some scotch and is we're it, like, listen to my crazy it, shit today. <laughs> and it feels a lot better to just does. laugh about it. It does because you know? cause the other thing too is if you're talking to your wife or your therapist, they want you to like, because comedy is one of the greatest deflectors oh, yeah. that you'll ever, yeah, that, that's ever been created, right? And so, Which like, I think is why I get along the best with fucked up people. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Because we're all hilarious. We're all fucking hilarious. It's a defense mechanism. But it's that yeah. whole idea of like, we can sit there and because we acknowledge our illness and our problems, we can dive into these issues and talk about these inner demons that we are experiencing and these things that we're looking for connection on while still quasi deflecting with that humor. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Like any joke that we make here, be it good or bad, most bad. Uh, it's still an effort for us to kind of deflect mm-hmm. breaking down and crying at the table. <coughs> yeah. Like, that's why we're yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm hoping that every time, if you're listening to this, every time you reach a point where you're like, fuck, man, this is a lot. Like, what I'm going through, what these guys are going through, what the people I know and love are going through, that's a fucking lot. I hope right when you hit that, like, threshold... We make you laugh because that minor deflection at the last minute is what makes all of this fucking palpable. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch <laughs> when you watch a truly good drama and a really good story, there are moments of levity in it. Because if there's not moments of levity, why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. So I I write in a lot of genres. Mm. Um, a lot of erotic anime. Yeah. A lot of erotic. A lot of erotic anime. <laughs> Um, might be my most successful. Mm, mm, I mm. write under the name. I'm not even. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Sorry. But, um, no, I do not write. <laughs> uh, two yes. two of the genres I've seen the most success in are horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone's perception of horror writers is a bunch of fucked up, scary people. Right. Everybody's, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's got like the crazy right. hair and the white. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's perception of comedians are like, oh, these are fun guys. Blah blah blah. It's the complete opposite. Complete opposite. Yeah. Everybody who works in horror are just like normal, you know, slightly geeky, like uh, fun, well-adjusted for the most part people. Every comedian I've ever met is fucked in the head six ways from yep. Sunday. Yep. <laughs> when I first started getting into professional comedy, one of the reasons I started getting into it was like I need levity in my life. I need humor. I need people who are just going to be buoyant and fun. And then I walk into any sketch improv club in this town, and I'm like, these are the most broken people. Oh, and I've stand-ups ever... are even worse. Oh, dude, yes. Stand- yes. <laughs> I've done a lot of stand-up. Yeah. And 90% of stand-up comics are barely functioning misanthropes. Yep. It's like like they would – they're like a bad day off from wearing a diaper and carrying a club down the street. <laughs> Yeah. Just dragging it down Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah, yeah, Is yeah. the comedy store open yet? <laughs> I need to. I need to bring joy to thousands. <laughs> I got to practice this new routine. <laughs> That's the sound of the club dragging down the street. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Um, so what I hope we've done today is improve our relationship with you, the listener. You see what I did there? Oh, I brought it all back oh, around. That's very good. That's very Not good. Not because we're ever going to have a functional relationship. Uh, you and us, so much as I hope you realize that any of the um, the lack of connectivity that you might experience from someone with a with bipolar it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with you. You you are not even 
in the equation. It, it literally has to do with this battle that they're going through all the time. And that includes the mania. Yep. What might seem like them being an asshole. What mm-hmm. might seem like them being manipulative. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with you. No. Uh, the, the very fact that you're there and you're acknowledging these states that the person with bipolar is in puts you heads and shoulders above the rest of society. And I want to say thank you to everyone in my life my friends, my relatives, my my wife, who have the the energy and the strength to maintain the relationship no matter how difficult I make it. Yeah. I'd like to do the same and also say I'm sorry to everybody who meant something to me and I pushed away. Yeah, because we're not doing it and we didn't do it because there's anything wrong with you. It's because... There's something kind of wrong with us. Yeah. But we're learning. We're, we're learning. We're learning how to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. That's why we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now we, we have a podcast because uh, I think now if you're a white male in America, you're legally required to have a podcast. Oh, so. that's what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're going to have merch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please listen more. Please tell people if if... They just want a fun listen, or if they're going through some shit, this may help. Yeah, we don't make money off this. No, we don't. So. Uh, yeah. In fact, I was joking with Brad today. I'm like, if anyone come, we're going to interview people eventually who are going through some stuff as well. But if anyone comes onto the show who's like, yeah, 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 bipolar, but uh, my Twitch stream of Resident Evil 4 is available for you to watch. I'm like, I'm going to fucking, between two of us, we're going to kill him and yeah. bury him in my backyard. These, uh, have you ever heard of uh, chinning? No, what's chinning? So uh, it's something British soccer hooligans do. Go we on. Do, we could do with this uh, scotch glass. Ooh. It's where you take the glass and you bring it right down on their bottom teeth. Oh, my God. So anybody who tries to plug their Twitch stream. <laughs> We're going to go British on them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oi! Hey! Hey! Gaga! I don't do it. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> uh, All right. Hug somebody you love tonight. Yeah, please. Tell them you love them.